Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast, part of the Fantrax family. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Hey, addicts. Happy Thanksgiving coming up this week. Uh, I'm, this is Los at FFA underscore Los. Thank you for listening. Welcome to another exciting week. Uh, heading into week 12. Big stuff happening this week, Mung. Yeah, another crazy week of football. Uh, of course, Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler both deserve plenty of turkey on Thanksgiving after combining for nine total touchdowns Ooh. on Sunday. Uh, there's the fact that Ryan Tannehill threw four interceptions this week, but still managed to outscore Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Dak Prescott. It's uh, it's pretty crazy here uh, as we're watching the Monday night football game. I need a few more points from Mike Evans, so hopefully he'll get that. But uh, a lot to talk about here. We're getting down to the wire as trade deadlines approach in most leagues, and teams are going to need to scrape some wins the next few weeks to sneak into the playoffs to, or to secure that first round bye. Speaking of sneaking, most important of all these things, you have come to an even uh, even tie with me on our uh, on our pickums for uh, for the season thus far. I'm sure you're very thankful for that. Yeah, I uh, I had some good calls. I took Minnesota over Green Bay and then Arizona over Seattle last week. So uh, yeah, we're we're in a dead heat here as we as we get to the stretch run. Love it, love it. Of course, before we get to the Week 12 game previews, we want to talk to you guys real quick about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive offers DFS-style contests on player props. It's super easy. You just pick 10 out of the 20 player props for the week, and each one gets assigned a fantasy point value for the over and under based on how likely the outcome is. The more that you get right, the bigger the payout. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 in weekly prizes, including their Sunday contest where the first place wins twenty grand. Sign up now with our promo code FFA and you'll receive an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100 for your first deposit, minimum $10. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E fantasy.com. All right, heading into week 12, a very important week here. Uh, just make sure you know there are six teams playing on Thursday. So um, check your lineups. Um, and, and it's not nighttime, of course. See the first game's at 12, uh, 1230 Eastern. So check your lineups Wednesday. Um, be set for Thursday if you're on any, have any players on these upcoming six teams. Uh, first Thanksgiving Day game, <clears throat> pardon me, of course, Detroit hosts Chicago, 1230 Eastern, 1130 a.m. Central. Uh, Chicago almost escaped with a win versus Baltimore and gets the winless Lions here on the road for the holiday. Donnell Mooney had a very nice day with Robinson ruled out of the game and Cole Komet faded to just two targets. Um, no matter who's, who's at quarterback here, Montgomery is in play and Mooney is in play this week as well. 
Uh, of course, he'd be better if Robinson is out, but the Detroit defense does allow points to the wide receiver uh, if if uh, Mooney or sorry if Robinson remains out and Andy Dalton is starting. I think there's a, some deep value for Marquise Goodwin too. Yeah, and I don't think it's crazy to say that I think the wide receivers might be more productive with Andy Dalton as of right now. We know that Justin Fields totally. is the future, but uh, Dalton is that veteran captain. You know, we saw Joe Flacco uh, make the Jets wide receivers more fantasy productive, as crazy that, as that might be. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we're super excited about these rookie quarterbacks for the long term. But in the meantime, uh, it's just, you know, these passing offenses aren't really working uh, with them still learning the position. So certainly, you know, my take right now, it does not sound like Allen Robinson has a good shot to play on a short week with that hamstring injury. Uh, Justin Fields, it doesn't sound like the rib issue is too serious, but again, a short week, right? Just uh, four days since the last game, it would be very unlikely that either of these guys suits up. So I, I love Darnell Mooney. I think he's a close to a, you know, top 15 wide receiver against Detroit, given what we saw Andy Dalton do with this offense on Sunday. And then David Montgomery, uh, I think he's a potential buy low for the rest of the season. Uh, there's a few guys sprinkled throughout these games that I want to you know, touch on. Uh, but the last two games since he's been back from that injury, Montgomery has played 85% and 95% of the snaps. And he's got a pretty great schedule. Chicago plays Minnesota, Seattle, and the New York Giants in the fantasy playoffs from weeks 15 to 17. So I think this offense is uh, one that you want to target both this week and potentially uh, for the stretch run here. Just like last year, huh? As for Detroit, uh, Detroit gets the short week and likely remains without Jared Goff here. The wide receivers are huge rolls of the dice here. It was nice to see the backup quarterback heavily targeting TJ Hawkinson. Uh, that's about all you want to see from this pass attack um, without, uh, with, with or without Goff, really. Jamal Williams should continue to get more and more work, uh, but I'd avoid him here on the short week. I don't expect him to dig too much into, uh, into Swift's production. Yeah, I mean... As as with most weeks, we don't need to talk too much about Detroit. It's it's Swift and Hawkinson, and if you're super desperate, maybe Amon Ross St. Brown gets some PPR volume, but really, uh, it's going to be Tim Boyle. Um, you don't want much of this Lions offense this week, and you do want a piece of the Bears defense if they're on your waiver wire, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. So I am going to pick the Bears here, but historically, the Bears do seem to struggle against backup Detroit quarterbacks. Uh, David Blah gave them more than they were expecting last year, but I am going to take Chicago. Yeah, give me some Thanksgiving magic in the in the big uh, motor city. I'll take the go. Chicago Bears as well. Second Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving, yeah, wow. Second Thanksgiving Day game, uh, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, Las Vegas Raiders at Dallas. Uh, Ten points out of Josh Jacobs isn't exactly killing you at your running back three or flex position. Of course, you'd like to see a bit more. Uh, he's capped, he has a capped upside in losing games, um, which I do expect this one to be, unfortunately. Drake is not usable at this time. Um, Jacobs does, does have the, the hold on the position here. Waller keeps himself in the tight end one conversation, though Foster Moreau had a very nice touchdown catch but just two targets. Uh, I think you got to avoid the wide receiver room right now. Yeah. And I think the silver lining of course, for Josh Jacobs is that he's been quite involved as a receiver, which is what we yep. wanted to see for years and years. And all it took was John Gruden resigning. So who would have thought, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do think he's still flex worthy, maybe back end RB two in this one. Uh, we know Dallas is a tough matchup, but we did see Clyde Edwards, a punch in a touchdown 
this past Sunday. And uh, really, it's just Jacobs and Renfro and Waller. Those are the three that you want. And uh, need, none of the other wide receivers have really stepped up, even in Ruggs' in Ruggs's, excuse me, absence. Two big losses uh, this game for Dallas, which we will have to monitor. Um, Elliott came out, but did go back in. Uh, Lamb out with a concussion, likely not to make it back this week. And then Amari Cooper is likely going to miss um, due to COVID protocols. Uh, Pollard didn't turn his uh, hurt, turn his day into much. Um, of course, he slots in as a solid running back, too, if Zeke were to miss time, which we do not expect here. Um, just going to be a tough week here, minus Cooper and Lamb, with Gallup seeing 10-plus targets, reminding us he's a player to keep an eye on heading into this offseason. I think he's pretty much a must start this week. And Schultz is a tight end one uh, with with those other two wide receivers missing as well. Uh, both of them are going to get plenty of uh, cheap value. I think they're uh, not so sneaky plays, but pretty good plays. Yeah, I love Dalton Schultz. He's a top five tight end for me this week. Um, you know, Zeke, as you said, he is expected to play, but it is a bone bruise, I believe, on his knee. Um, so again, there is the chance of a setback, but as of right now, he's expected to play. Certainly can't bench Zeke uh, if he's active, but yeah, this is, this is pretty crazy. I mean, Dak Prescott looked really rough without his top two wide receivers for much of the game against Kansas city. Um, hopefully Tyron Smith could be back for this game. It sounds like he has a fair chance to play on Thanksgiving. So that would certainly give the offense a little boost to get their left tackle back, but yeah, I don't I don't love Dak in this matchup. I think, you know, he's a back end QB one. It's hard to trust him as we've seen him struggle without Cooper and Lamb in the lineup. Uh, I'm going to take Dallas here at home. Yeah, you know, it's Thanksgiving in the big D, but uh, again, this is not one I would uh, throw in for survivor pools if you're still in even after the craziness from the last few weeks. Definitely would not. And then Thanksgiving evening, 820 Eastern, 720 Central, Buffalo at New York. Uh, Diggs saved his day behind his two touchdowns, but the Buffalo offense was very limited in their, lo- in their li- uh, limited in their loss to Indianapolis. Allen Diggs and Knox should all be good plays in a bounce back week for Buffalo here. The running back room was very messy to touch a full three man committee, and, and I wouldn't start any of them against New Orleans. Yeah, and maybe some life for Emmanuel Sanders and uh, sure. Cole Beasley here. You know, if Lattimore does indeed stick to digs for much of this game, it's possible that we could see some of those targets funneled elsewhere. Overall, this offense is struggling, but yeah, I mean, there's, I would consider, I mean, Dak Prescott and Josh Allen, I think you're still starting these guys, but if you picked up like a Cam Newton, I would be thinking pretty hard here this week. Um well, we'll talk about Cam in a bit, but I, I like his matchup a lot against Miami this week. Uh, personally, would you be benching either of these guys for Cam? No, no way. I think it's in consideration. I, I think maybe know, Dick. I, I was I was really focusing on Josh Allen in your question. No way for Josh Allen. Dick, I'd really have to think about. Okay, fair enough. What about Trevor Simeon? Uh, yeah, I would definitely <laughs> start Trevor Simeon over Cam Newton and over Josh Allen. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Speaking of Trevor Simeon, New Orleans was on their back foot early this week, needed to lean into Sim- Simeon in the past game. That could potentially happen again versus Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo not giving us the offense we expected this past week, but hey, we could see it here. Ingram should be playable if Camaro remains away. 
But Buffalo is typically exceptional against uh, both wide receivers and running backs. Uh, despite the big loss to Indianapolis, essentially nobody produced except Jonathan Taylor. And um, Mark Ingram is certainly known Jonathan Taylor. Troutman probably remains the best play in this past game this week, actually. Well, actually, it came out just a couple hours ago. Troutman's going to miss uh, four to six weeks oh. with an MCL oh, no. sprain. So if you're desperate, Juwan Johnson may be yep. worth a look in deeper leagues. Uh, hard That's to trust one. him, of course, but I, I do think that, you know, you are uh, you're, you're uh, considering him, uh, at least given how much Simeon has been targeting the tight end position. But this is an ugly matchup. I mean, it doesn't sound like Kamara is going to be ready. Uh, he was a <laughs> he was a did not practice in the um the estimated walkthrough they didn't actually practice today but the saints listed him as it did not participate yeah it sounds like it's going to be another mark ingram flex week uh, certainly we saw the blueprint well, is a dynamic run game to try and you know stop the bill or to keep the bills offense off the field and i think ingram is going to play a large part in that but all that being said uh, i am still going to take the bills to bounce back yeah, Car Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor in a quote-unquote dynamic dynamic run game is far different from Trevor Simeon and uh, Mark Ingram. So I'm going to take Buffalo here. Yeah, and this is a game where I'll have to check the box score the next day because I'm probably, uh, you know, food combing right about the time that this game is starting. <laughs> I, I don't know how much of this one I'm going to catch live. You got it. That'll take us into Sunday for the 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern slate. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Nice AFC North showdown. The regular should be good good to go. Harrison Johnson. And with Ebron injured yet again, Pat Fryermuth stays a very good option at tight end. Chase Claypool has flex value this week, but the deep ball from Ben has just been shaky. I do expect them to work him more into more specific plays like they did his rookie year. Um, Ben's much better for Claypool than Mason Rudolph was, though, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, not a whole lot to say about this one. Uh, we'll see if TJ Watt's able to play, but this could be a high-scoring back-and-forth game, so certainly a lot of fantasy goodness to uh, potentially go around in this one. Absolutely, and on the Cincy side, I think all three wide receivers are options here. Chase has the most upside with Higgins right behind. Boyd should have a solid floor this week against Pittsburgh, especially if they put together some firepower like we saw against the, uh, the Chargers this week. Mixon's been great. Two more touchdowns for him this week. I, I think he's playing very well. Yeah, it's just, it's tough to trust anybody outside of Chase though, right? I mean, really, Higgins is getting a ton of targets, but they're just not connecting. And now they're trying to run the ball a ton. I mean, 30 carries for Mixon. I think they're going to continue trying to do some of that. I think that was game plan. I honestly, Burrow, I think looked a little bit shaky this past week. I, I mean, I don't know. You want to call it rookie jitters or whatnot. Anybody can have a not great game. And I, I think it boils down to that. I, I just think he didn't have a great night. Yeah, that's fine. I just, I think, you know, Chase is in that back end wide receiver one territory and, and the others, I mean, they're, they're barely flex worthy. I, they're so inconsistent. Um, I, you know, Higgins is the guy you want over Boyd, but still neither of them could have, or both of them could struggle here a little bit with Chase just dominating because Pittsburgh doesn't really have the corners to contend here. Sounds like you're pretty well sold on Cole Beasley versus either of these guys. You want to make a bet like that? Higgins over Beasley? Uh, 
no, not really. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think. I'll try to think of some bets before the end of the show, but that's not okay. one that I necessarily feel strongly about. Fine. You know, um, our producer is going to get very angry with us and, and probably fire us. We've only got one bet on the air so far, and I know why you don't want to make them because you're up one zero on me, which is is a very very rare thing for you. So, so I understand not wanting to to, to really push too hard. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just these AFC North battles get weird, so I, I don't feel strongly enough about it. But let me think about let me think about some other ones as we as we go through these matchups. All right, I'm going to take Cincinnati here. Pittsburgh looked really really good, but I, I think Burrow bounces back and they play well at home here. Yeah, I'm going to take Cincinnati as well. Tampa Bay at Indianapolis. Of course, we need to see who's healthy heading into this game after tonight, but I never shy away from playing the Buccaneers. Brady, Evans, Godwin, hopefully Gronk stays healthy. Hopefully Antonio Brown, although there's uh, there's some other extra foot, you know, non-football type stuff going on with him. So we'll have to see what's going on. Um, Fournette's been solid, already racked up, up, uh, up a couple catches on the night. So happy to see him there. Four catches, actually. Wow. He just keeps tallying them. Yeah, you know who hasn't been solid is uh, Mike Evans, who's just, you know, letting <sighs> balls bounce out of his hands for interceptions. Just, uh, oh, Lordy. Yeah, not uh, not happy with him right now, but uh, there's plenty of game left. He can, uh, he still has time to redeem himself a little bit here. I did want to touch on Antonio Brown a little bit because, uh, as you alluded to, there is some off field stuff here going with the allegations that he had a fake vaccination card. But I will say, that Brown is a buy for me um, for teams that are looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs. The ankle injury sounds like it's only going to keep him out another week or two. And then as far as I know, from what I've read online, um, from what I've seen from interviews with Bruce Arians, uh, Tampa Bay is saying that they do believe that Antonio Brown is fully vaccinated, did not submit a fake vaccination card. So they are not expecting him as of right now to receive any punishment from the league or any criminal charges, nothing like that. Um, so of course there is some risk to this, but, you know, given that he's been out for a few games and the, the concerns of a potential suspension coming, if you can pry him loose from a team that needs wins now, I do think that he's a great target with the Buccaneers playing new Orleans, Carolina, and the jets in the fantasy playoffs. Again, we've seen with the saints that Lattimore usually follows Evans around that should free up Godwin and Brown by, um, by relatively, Speaking, of course, uh, it's still a tough defense, but just, you know, we've seen that this offense is at its best in weeks one and two when they had Brown and Gronk healthy. And I do think that once they have those two pieces back, it it's going to divvy up the target share, but it's going to make the offense better overall. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think he was... I, I don't think you can really over... I mean, as long as it's within reason, I don't think you can really be at risk of overpaying for him. He was three to four full rounds undervalued at draft time. He's missed the past few weeks. Um, I, I'm sure there's some, some players out there that are just itching to have him off their team. Yeah. So I think that's a realistic buy target where people might be ready to move on from the headache that has been Antonio Brown this week, or excuse me, this year. Yeah. On the Indianapolis side, uh, the entire team's production disappeared uh, on the huge five to other than, Jonathan Taylor on his huge five touchdown day. Um, can't say that that's surprising when that happens. Nobody else really does much. This should be a totally fine bounce back day for Pittman. Um, you're of course not sitting Taylor, no matter the matchup. Um, you'd like to find some value at the other tight end uh, wide receiver slot here, but Hilton and uh, Pascal really haven't stepped up with uh, Pittman dominating lately. 
Yeah, I mean, just not much to say here. Uh, really, you know, if you're not benching Jonathan Taylor, and you're certainly still playing Michael Pittman, uh, unless you have some really, really good wide receiver options. And yeah, uh, Wentz, you know, depends on your options again. Yep, I'm gonna take uh, the Bra- uh, the Brady's, the Buccaneers here. Yeah, close enough. TB, you know, um, <laughs> that is that's exactly what happened. <laughs> All right, Carolina at uh, Miami. Wait, Cam you Newton didn't is give me my pick. Oh well, you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. You're going to take Indy, aren't you? No, I, I had to think about this one because Tampa Bay has been, you know, has looked looked pretty rough on the road, but with Gronk back healthy, we just saw him get a huge catch tonight in the second quarter. Um, potentially Antonio Brown back, and it just feels like the Colts are, are riding high off of this huge dominating win over the bills and you know they drop these random games and i just think they're still you know an inconsistent team much like the bucks have been on the road but at the end of the day i think health is starting to come for the bucks offense and i'm gonna i will take tampa bay here i think a lot of people probably forgot that uh, the, the bucks lost to the bears last year yeah and i think partially that you know that was somewhat COVID related right we saw some of these offenses with new quarterbacks you know struggle early on last season with no preseason no offseason training camp um, no excuses for the Bucks this year it's mostly been in injuries that have kept them down yep all right uh, so that'll take us into Carolina at Miami yeah good Cam Newton is firmly back into fantasy relevance with plenty of upside in the run game. A few more touchdowns for him this week. McCaffrey's a stud, no matter what quarterback Matt rule gives us now. And uh, DJ Moore's a wide receiver three with upside. It looks like Cam Newton is going out of his way to, to try and make sure that uh, the the wide receiver situation isn't like new England last year. Yeah. I I mean, really, It's hard to trust Robbie Anderson, but we've seen Miami yeah. give up some big plays. Uh, I do think that he is a wide receiver option here, wide receiver four option, excuse me, but um, certainly Moore's who you would, excuse me, who you would prefer um, of the Carolina receivers. But uh, I, I think this game might give us a little bit of room uh, to potentially make a bet because I'm looking at the list of quarterbacks and I think that Cam Newton's a clear top 10 quarterback option this week, potentially close to top five. Um, so I, I'm going to rattle off some names and I just want to hear who you would be starting if you have, uh, you know, Cam Newton versus X quarterback. All right. All right. So I think I know the answer to this one, Lamar Jackson against Cleveland, assuming that he is, uh, he is cleared of his non COVID illness. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Okay. Uh, I, Dak Prescott against the Raiders. You you were a little wishy-washy when we talked no, about this you, one I earlier. think you got me. I'd take Newton there. The upside's firmly in Newton's corner. Okay. You said you're sticking with Josh Allen against the Saints? Yes. Yep. Aaron Rodgers at the LA Rams. Oh, that's tough. Uh, hmm. Boy, I guess I'd, I guess I'd go Cam there. Okay. Um, Jalen Hurts at the Giants. Right now, I don't think you can sit Hurts. Yeah, no, I agree with that one. Uh, Russell Wilson at Washington. No, sorry, Russ. It's Cam right now. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're starting Brady against the Colts, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, Matthew Stafford at Green Bay. I think I think the Rams are in a bit of trouble right now. It's Cam Newton. Yep. Justin Herbert at Denver coming off a big game. 
I don't think he can sit Herbert right now. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Joe Burrow against Pittsburgh. No, it's Cam. All right. Uh, so right now, it sounds like you agree that Newton should be a top 10 quarterback this week. There we go. Wow. How about that? I mean, yeah. he's, he's in there. That's for sure. Anytime you have two touchdown rushing upside as a quarterback, I mean, it's there. Yeah, well, I guess uh, I guess we won't have a bet. Uh, I, was, I was thinking oh, well. maybe you would be. I a guess bit I'm just really him. down on Dak this week. We uh, we we uh, found a bad one to start off on. Um, you know what? Let's make it interesting, right? You say I'm okay. just holding this one bet win lead over you this year. Uh, <laughs> what about Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson? Give me Cam plus two and a half fantasy points. What do you think about that one? Ha 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 ha! You are a sneaky little little devil over there. <laughs> I'll take Lamar straight up money line. Well, you know what? Just because I, I like you, Los. All right, let's, <laughs> let's do it. You know what? You're probably gonna win this one. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> it's just I I just want to you know place upon the listeners how strongly I feel about Cam Newton this week. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. No, that's that's good. I mean, you're dialed in. I, I'm i right there with you, man. Um, he was productive all of last year, right? And he had nothing around him. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is just... I think Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey are going to win week, weeks, win leagues this week. Excuse yeah, me. To, I mean, he, Cam Newton is the exact reason, not to belabor this, but he's the exact reason that you pulled for Trey Lance in the preseason, and I and I, you know, I, I and you, but pulled a little harder for Justin Fields. As soon as they are starters, if they're being used appropriately, which we know Matt Nagy cannot do, but if they're being used appropriately, they are automatically top ten plays. Yep. Um, yep. All right, let's move on to the other side of this game. I think we've spent enough time uh, lording over Cam Newton. Yeah, although, I mean, I think it's if if anybody's down on Justin Fields in your dynasty leagues, uh, if you know this won't work for us because you know we're from Chicago. But uh, in any of your other dynasty leagues, I think Justin Fields is a dynamite trade target right now. Yeah, I've been trying in dynasty. I sent uh, Tannehill plus AJ Dillon plus a second to the team that has Aaron Jones, who's contending yeah. um, in a super yeah. flex. So yeah, I mean, definitely. Definitely still bullish on Fields long term, but uh, it is Andy Dalton week, so we'll we'll talk about Fields another time. Sure is. All right. As for Miami, Gasicki, Waddle, Gaskin, we're all good to borderline great. They were all very good, um, and that's the three players you want to play this week as well versus Carolina. Mac Hollins has just as many great weeks as weeks with minimal value. Um, I've got to identify him as a as a fair risk reward play. He disappears altogether, or he can score a touchdown or two. So if, if as long as Parker's out, if you're desperate, you could do worse. Mm, don't love him this week against Carolina. Um, overall, I, I would agree with that, but really it's just Waddle and Gesicki. Um, Tua, I think you probably have better options this week, but uh, if not, I think he's a serviceable play. We saw Taylor Heineke do some damage uh, even against the Panthers defense that has been fairly solid this season. Yep. I'm going to take the Panthers here. I will as well. All right. 
Tennessee at New England. Uh, this here was a uh, very bad game for Tennessee. I think New England is a very tough matchup for them as well. Uh, New England actually leads their division right now. Uh, A.J. Brown left the game with an injury. We're going to have to see how he is heading into the weekend, but we know Belichick's going to target eliminating him regardless. Marcus Johnson was injured early. The running backs did nothing. Ferkser scored a touchdown on pure chance alone. Westbrook Akine was the main producer for the team. He was really the only guy left over. I, I just don't want to touch Tennessee versus New England. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really not much reason to, right? I mean, yeah. if you're desperate, uh, Dontrell Hilliard in deeper leagues, if, you, if you're desperate for running back help, but who knows which uh, Titans running back is going to touch the ball most from week to week. Um, yeah, certainly don't love Tannehill uh, on the road in Gillette. Uh, I mean, you feel bad for the Titans, right? Because they've lost A.J. AJ Brown, uh, or he's been, you know, kind of gimpy the last couple of weeks with random injuries. Um, Julio Jones has been out and you've got, you know, of course, Derek Henry on AR. It's hard to compete when you lose your three best players on offense, but they passed this new England game. Tennessee does have the right uh, season, regular season schedule to still limp their way into the playoffs, but um, they they need to get healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly why I I have here noted that I want to talk about AJ Brown as a potential risk reward buy. Uh, again, this is for teams that are looking ahead already to the fantasy playoffs. You know, if you're eight and three, something like that after this week, um, locking up that playoff spot. Yeah. As you said, right. Tennessee's schedule coming out of their week 13 buy. they get Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami. None of those secondaries really scare you. If AJ Brown can get healthy, I mean, he could just absolutely dominate down the stretch. And again, you know, we we don't know. He has been hit by a ton of injuries this, this year. But again, if you're getting 100% A.J. Brown against Jacksonville and, you know, Miami in the fantasy championships, he could still win people leagues this year despite the the up and down season that he's had thus far. He's a game-changing talent. He's, he's that sort of player. Absolutely. Yeah, and the other thing is just the the targets that will get funneled to him if if Julio yep. Jones is is still out or not 100 percent by by the latter half of the year here. Yeah, tough for Julio. I, you know, stinks for him this whole season really. On the uh, Patriots side of the ball, Stevenson and Harris stay in play as back end running back two or upside running back three types. I expect both of them to get a decent amount of work here in a game that New England I expect to control. But uh, I guess we've just seen crazy things happen in Tennessee games, regardless. Um, Henry Hunter Henry didn't have a touchdown this week, which has been rare for him. Gave you only four and a half points. He's still on the radar as a touchdown dependent play. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh, It's tight end. Well, I was going to say, do you think, you know, Stevenson saw two more carries than Harris on Thursday night. Do you think that was concussion related or do you think Stevenson's shown enough where he might be the 1A? So you're still going, if you have both, you picked up Stevenson after Harris uh, was in concussion protocol, you're playing Harris over Stevenson. Absolutely. Not that I think he has residual concussion symptoms or anything like that, but... this is what we see from Belichick. Harris is going to dominate. Yeah, I I don't disagree, but I think it's, I don't think it's super far apart. I I wouldn't shock me if Stevenson were to outproduce Harris in this game is what I'm saying. The the unfortunate thing is it wouldn't shock me if Brandon Bolden had 15 carries and five catches and was (laughs) the best white running back this week either. Right. But I I will agree. Uh, I would still be starting Harris over Stevenson here. Uh, Still probably the goal line guy when he's healthy outside of blowout situations. And uh, 
Give me Belichick here. Give me New England at home. It's, yeah, uh, I I agree with you. Yeah, uh, give me the Patriots. Tennessee's in trouble this week, but um, I I think they know that. Well, and you know that Belichick will show no mercy after the uh, no mercy after the the beating that they took in the playoffs uh, a couple yep. of years back. So he yeah. he definitely remembers that. Much like an elephant, a Belichick never forgets. That'll take us on into Philadelphia at the New York Giants, a nice NFC East showdown. Miles Sanders came back and led the backfield here. He's the best play at running back for this team, certainly the most talented. Um, he got a little more run with Howard Hobbled a little bit, but it's still unreliable, I think. Um, He's got a pretty decent rest of season schedule. Hopefully he can string some solid games together. Devontae Smith was fine. 10 PR po PPR points versus a tough defense. and should be fine here as well. Hertz is an every week potential quarterback one overall. Yeah. you know, we're seeing that as Hertz is becoming a fantasy superstar in the making, of course that does hurt the running backs a little bit, but with Jordan Howard uh, likely out this week, uh, it does make Sanders a little bit more of a reliable play. I think, um, the Giants certainly uh, have been struggling to stop the run. We saw Harris, uh, or excuse me, not Harris, I'm still on the last game. We saw Sanders uh, lead the team in carries this past week. And then uh, really it's Boston Scott and Sanders with Howard out, assuming that Gainwell is active, but probably won't see a ton of touches. I do think that Sanders is in that RB2 range this week. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he's fine this week. I think he's good to go. I think Philadelphia has changed their mindset a little bit, trying to rush the football more. And I don't know why you wouldn't with Jalen Hurts at quarterback opening rushing lanes for you. So uh, I, th I think it I think it makes sense. Um, I don't want to dive too deep into dynasty, but it is a big part of our game. Um, do you think for any reason, Jalen Hurts, if you're a team that's out of the playoffs this year, would you consider selling Jalen Hurts uh, like cashing out now, because I do think there is still consideration or, or fear out there that he's not going to be the long-term solution in Philadelphia, despite being a great fantasy play. Uh, it depends on the price. I, I think it's fine. If again, you're out of contention, you're going to look to rebuild because he's certainly not, or he's, uh, you know, counteracting you trying to lose games, right? Because he's just been mm. producing so well. Um, sure. I think he's played well enough for the Eagles to potentially stick with him. But again, we know that the risk is there. So yeah, I, I think it just depends on the cost and what you can get. Yeah, I feel like that narrative's died down a little bit lately, at least. Uh, on, the, on the Giants side of the football, we of course... Uh, broken record here with the Giants. We need to see who's healthy at red wide receiver for this uh, matchup. Saquon's a no-brainer if he's good to go, but the wide receivers are always the question. Tony and Galladay should be your top two options. And thus far on the night, we've seen, uh, well, not a ton out of anybody in the first half of football, but uh, I don't know if that'll happen. Yeah, and this will be a, a weird one too. These NFC East rivalries, uh, you know, wouldn't shock me if the Giants just explode on offense against the Eagles all of a sudden. To, uh, just one of those things, uh, kind of like Minnesota beating Green Bay this past week. Um, but yeah, I, I think Barkley is a no-brainer RB1. People are still a little hesitant on him, but uh, I'm not worried. You're starting him if you have him. And then as far as the wide receiver goes, a lot depends on Sterling Shepard, but I do like Evan Ingram. Uh, he he has a group, excuse me a beautiful matchup against uh, an Eagles defense that allows uh, that's top three in fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. So even though the targets are hard to read here, uh, a lot of these wide receivers are are gonna be involved. 
I do think that Ingram is worth a look. And of course, for New York, we have uh, the passing touchdown from Daniel Jones to uh, offensive tackle Andrew Thomas. So that always throws a wrench in things. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to take Philadelphia on the road here. The Giants are a ty- are the type of team to win this sort of game. So by no means would I be surprised um, if, if Philly loses here. But they do look like they, they've been playing better lately. Yeah, I think really a lot of it comes down to the fact that the Giants struggle to stop the run. But sure. all the same, you know, I've been taking some risks last week. It paid off. And uh, as you said, you almost stole the words out of my mouth. This is exactly the type of game that the Giants pull out at home uh, against a a divisional rival. And I'm going to take Big Blue at home. All right. All right. I like it. Atlanta at Jacksonville. Cordero Patterson was close to playing this past week. I expect him to play here. He's really the only option on this offense for now other than uh, Pitts. But he's he's not a terrible play against the Jacksonville defense. Um, Defenses have been clamping him down, but I don't think Jacksonville can hold Pitts for an entire game. So he's, he's probably a decent option for you, too, if you don't have another tight end. Yeah, I, teams has just been covering pits so tough, though, because they have nothing else, right? No, yep. Nobody on Atlanta scares you, especially with Cordero <clears throat> Patterson potentially out again. Um, that's definitely something to monitor. But I, I don't know. Am I crazy? I'm just not super excited about Pitts when he's the focal point of opposing defenses. I don't know that he's in my top 10 tight ends this week. Oh, it would not surprise me to to have him outside the top ten tight ends. I, I haven't made a full list like that, but like I said, if you if you have anything that smells like a better option, I would go with it. Even you know when Dan Arnold blanked you this week, I'd still play Jar- Arnold over uh, over him here. Yeah, I mean you know right off the bat, Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, right, Hawkinson, mm-hmm. Schultz, uh, yep. Gesicki, totally, uh, Gronk, yep, Dawson Knox. Yep. Um, so maybe he sneaks into the you know the back end there, but uh, I don't think he's a must start depending on who your other options are here. If he can't produce against Jacksonville, let let me take a look at their uh, their rest of the season schedule. If he can't produce against Jacksonville, he's got Tampa, Carolina, San Fran the next couple of weeks. I I mean I don't think you can afford to drop him probably, but I, I'm certainly not excited to, to play him whatsoever. Yeah, I wouldn't drop him either, but uh, I mean, if you, I don't know, it's tough. If you absolutely need a win this week and Logan Thomas is sitting out there and and you need all your other spots, I don't think it's crazy. Totally. Yeah, I I agree uh, with you there. It's it's sad when you you invest so early on on a rookie pick like that, but... Hey, you should have listened. What can I say? Granted, we didn't know, you know, Ridley would have disappeared and everything would have happened for Atlanta the way it has, but you can't lean into a rookie tight end like that. Now, I guess look at Pat Fryermuth to see the exact opposite, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the process was right on Pitts because the games that Ridley was healthy where Pitts just dominated, I think we could have seen an alternate uh, an alternate multiverse timeline where Pitts just went nuts and won, you know, rookie of the year. But uh, alas, it's not to be. Um, but I, I do think Pitts is a sell. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. But again, don't just drop him because he still has that name value, right? You can probably get right. something for him, even if it's yeah. like a Devontae Freeman or just any any piece that you think might help you instead of dropping yes. him flat out. 
and dynasty players just hold on tight. Okay, we're used to we've been spoiled with rookies breaking out early. Tight ends typically break out year three. There's these stats all line up. Okay, he he's this is only year one. He's probably going to be great next year. So don't do anything silly. Yeah, I don't think anyone's worried in dynasty. Okay. On Jacksonville side of the ball, uh, Jamal Agnew faded away with his injury, and Marvin Jones faded in, led the team in points this week. Dan Arnold was held without a target. Uh, I would not bet on that uh, two, happening two weeks in a row. I think he's a fine play. Robinson's the only real reasonable play other than Arnold on this team. I, I don't want to touch the wide receivers. Um, I, I just don't. I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> I think I'm, I might be back in on LaVisca Chenault. Because oh my goodness, we find you know I I was off of him and we finally saw that with the Agnew sideline he saw a ton of slot snaps. Um, we know that Lawrence has been targeting Agnew in that position for a few weeks now, and I do think that he has upside here for the rest of the season. He's got upside, but I, he's also got downside. Well, look, I mean, I mean, you're you're playing Chenault over any of the Atlanta wide receivers, right? Uh, yeah, I sure am, but uh, there's only two teams on a bye this week. Hopefully, you can cobble something to get together a little better than that. All right, how about this? I'll I'll give you a bet. How about Lavisca Chenault or who's somebody we talked about earlier? Um, T. Higgins. Hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, ooh, let me think about this for a second here. <sighs> yeah, you know what? Give me Chenault. I'll take it. Well, all right. Let's, let, T. Higgins let's, uh, for Chenault. Perfect. We're we're getting to the second half of the season. We've only had one bet so far. Let let's let's kick things up a notch. Yeah. Let's get loud. All right, T. Higgins. I'm rooting for you, but uh, I'm gonna take Jacksonville here. They're probably gonna lose, but I'm still gonna pick Jacksonville. I know that's a great analysis, great reasoning. What what are you gonna do? Go to Vegas and throw a bunch on Atlanta or Jacksonville in this game? Come on. Uh is it cheating to say I want to see what happens with Cordell Patterson? Because I think that's the the piece that could swing things. Yeah, but that would swing it for me too. You know, I'm a big KPSC Pat guy. Uh, yes, that would be cheating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my gut says mild high ankle sprain. Maybe he plays, but he's not that effective. Sure, let's give the Jags another win here. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll stick with you. All right. Yeah, that's an ugly one. And speaking of ugly, we go from Atlanta and Jacksonville to the Jets and the Texans. Uh, again, it's very hard to know what to expect from the Jets, as we won't exactly know who their quarterback is from week to week. Um, with Carter injured, the look of the offense definitely changes. Um, unfortunately, he was he was looking pretty good. Um, if White's the starter and Carter is out, I think there's a lot of sneaky value in Ty Johnson with uh, him loving to throw to the running back. He had, I think, I think last week he had eight targets as the backup running back. Um, everything else is in the air. Uh, Elijah Moore has been playing very, very well. I think you can get away with starting him this week. Um, he's looked very promising. I think despite, uh, regardless of who's in at quarterback, um, actually everybody except uh, the rookie they drafted uh, has done pretty well with Elijah Moore. Um, so I, I think those are the two main plays. I think Davis takes a step back right right now, and uh, I think Crowder's out of the equation. It, it's tough, right? Because we do yeah. record on Monday nights. Um, my gut feel is that Zach Wilson will be back. It sounds you do like, think so. It wow. sounds like he was close to coming back from that PCL sprain last week, but they well, that changes everything. Yeah. So I mean, under that assumption, 
I think Elijah Moore is the guy you want because he's the most talented, but I think he's a very risky start with Zach Wilson. We've seen that this offense is nowhere near as efficient as it was with Joe Flacco of all people. Um, yeah. So yeah. And then the running backs too, right? We just, it, it's hard to say. I, I do think that it, it remains a split with Tevin Coleman seeing more carries and then Ty Johnson being a little bit more involved as a receiver. But yeah, I, I think all these guys are just back in flexes because it, it's hard to see this offense chugging along like it was with Flacco, which it pains yeah. me to say, but you know, the rookie quarterbacks just haven't been as ready as pro ready as we potentially thought they were. And uh, again, long-term we want these guys. We like these guys, but uh, right now it's the Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco show that we ideally want for the receivers from production standpoint. Jeez. Yeah. And the Garoppolo show, right? For Houston, Brandon Cooks uh, did nothing this week, but he's been generally reliable as a, he started the season as a, as a two, pretty solid two. Not that you were playing him as that, but um, it, as your wide receiver three or flex with upside, he's, he's still pretty decent as a play. Terod Taylor ran in two touchdowns, always has that uh, risk and upside. The Jets should allow some points here. So uh, I think this is going to be an ugly game, but um, I, I, I think Terod Taylor may have a little Cam Newton-esque value here. Not, not that I'm doing it. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. Um, I was thinking about this and I, not to give it away, but Terod Taylor's on our waiver wire section. Um, you know, I don't expect another couple of rushing touchdowns. Part of that was the weather too, but he's looked like he's been, he's been managing this offense, which is exactly what they wanted him to do with Deshaun Watson, you know, inactive every week and yeah, and it, Cooks is hard too, right? Like, it's just right. hard to trust Brandon Cooks because, again, I do think part of that was the weather this past week. The Jets, we know they struggle against wide receivers, but, again, it's just, yeah, I mean, Cooks is a boomer bust flex, right? You're, you're rolling the dice, but... Uh, I think I think you can start Cooks pretty solidly. What do you think, Brandon Cooks or, uh, or, um, or LaVisca Chenault? I might go with Chenault. I, I think Chenault has a safer floor and a similar ceiling here. I, I just want to go double or nothing. No. What about uh, I'll, I'll take Higgins over Brandon cooks this week. Oh, you're really down on Brandon cooks this week. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You want I that one? I don't, I don't, you're calling on me to make that call. That's a, all right. We already have a Higgins bed. We'll, we'll pass yeah. on this one. Um, okay. Wait, you wanted, you wanted Higgins, right? Uh, let me mark this down before I forget. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, you wanted Higgins, and I took Chenault. Yes. And mm -hmm. then what was the other one? Cam Newton versus Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. All right, okay. Week 12, making up for lost time, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, no, no time like the present. That's right. Give you something to be thankful for this week. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about the Texans anymore. Other, well, you know what? I guess I, we do need to say that we know that the running backs aren't going to score touchdowns, so they are going to go to Terod Taylor, right? I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm picking Houston here, but I, I'm, I'm done with this game. Yeah. And the other thing is the Texans defense has been playing hard. Um, just, yeah, I, I'm going to take Houston at home here. Mid-afternoon slate kicks off with the L.A. Chargers at Denver. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, Herbert, Eckler, Allen are, of course, locked into your lineups. Mike Williams saved his day with the late fourth quarter. Um, I don't think he's a must-start here, but he's he's got plenty of upside. Well, he's got less upside than he started the season with, but I guess it's still there. Yeah, I mean, I'm playing him over Chanel, Higgins, yeah. Cooks, yeah. all the names we've yeah. talked about. So, yeah, you're still Agreed. starting him. Agreed. Just been, you know, a little bit of a letdown after how we started the season with people talking about trading uh, Allen away straight up for for uh, Williams and whatnot. Yeah, but I will say, you know, we talked about Williams as a buy low. Part of it was the knee and then the the tough cornerback matchup. So I I do like the the direction we're seeing him take. Sure. On the Denver side of the football, as we know, the uh, the Chargers are very tough on wide receivers, allow more to the running backs. I expect similar to play out this way here. I'd avoid Sutton and Patrick. I think Judy will have a solid but not spectacular day. Fant has a bit of upside uh, in the two running backs. Should be good flex plays. Uh, I'm a little curious as to whether the rookie uh, gets a bigger workload coming out of the bye. We do see t- teams tend to do things like that. So I don't know if Denver falls in line with the other teams there, but they might. Yeah, I mean, that's another tough one, right? Like, if I have both, I'm still starting Gordon this week, but it certainly wouldn't shock me if Williams yeah. uh, busted a long touchdown, right? We know he's probably the more explosive option at this point. Mm-hmm. Anything else on uh, Denver? Um, No, I mean, real quick, again, this is a, a redraft show, but from a dynasty perspective, it, it mm-hmm. it's rough that Sutton and Tim Patrick are both re-signed. Um, it just kind of caps their ceilings, right? Uh, unless you get like Aaron Rodgers traded or, or Russell Wilson, or, you know, some quarterback yeah. upgrade. Yeah, which I don't is... think so. I, th- I think that's the plan is for them to get is to get a real quarterback either in the draft or in the off season. I, I like the signing. See, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a lot of, a lot of fantasy shows talk about players changing teams at free agency all the time. I think it's much better for most wide receivers to stay in an offense and look for that team to improve. I, I think that plays out more often than not. In, in, I mean, look at Mike Williams, you know, you bring on Justin Herbert greatly impacts his stock there. I, I, I think, I think it's better for Sutton to stay with this team than roll the dice with some other franchise where you don't know what's coming at all. I understand what you're saying, but when it's, when it's a receiving core of this caliber, when you've got Fant and Judy, and, and Tim Patrick, who's underrated. Um, it's just hard to see the, the true alpha ceiling, right? If you were going to like, say um, like a Houston, the way that Brendan cook saw the, the kind of target share that you see some of these bad teams who have to throw a ton with no real options, like a, like a TJ Hawkinson in Detroit type of situation. Right. Um, I, I think Sutton's fine. Uh, the talent is there, but it's just hard to see the target share. Hmm. I see your point. I think I think we, we're going to learn up a lot more when we see what their solution at quarterback is in this next year. Um, I think they know the answer isn't Bridgewater. They know the answer isn't Drew Locke, clearly. Um, I, I expect the team to do, make some big moves t- to try and resolve that. I mean, we've certainly seen, not to throw Aaron Rodgers' name around again, but we've seen him support three wide receivers and make them very fantasy relevant in the past. We've seen Cooper Cup and Robert Woods be, you know, two number one wide receivers for a team. You know, but I think there's plenty. Of, I think there's chance there. Yeah, definitely. I'm not selling low on Sudden, but I don't know that I'm running out to buy him is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm going to pick the chargers here. Uh, they looked really good this past week and many other weeks and Denver it's, it's, they're just sort of sitting in the middle. They're not doing anything to light my fire right now. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. The Chargers are the better team, but again, both have been inconsistent. Uh, I'm going to take LA too, but again, not not uh, picking this game for any survivor pools. Sure. LA Rams at the Green Bay Packers. The Rams had the week to prepare, and I would think they should uh, should do okay here. Stafford Cup and Henderson are locked into your starting lineups. I do think Woods was highly important in this offense, so don't be surprised if they continue to stumble a little bit. I'd avoid Beckham for now. I think Higby may have some upside against the Packers. Um, yeah, Ho- hopefully uh, this isn't the beginning of the end for the Rams. No, and I do think that, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about Daryl Henderson, too, as another potential buy candidate at the running back position. We know that running back is just super thin right now, but maybe there's a window on Henderson, just 8.8 fantasy points and 8.1 over the last two games with the Rams offense really struggling first in the loss to Tennessee, then the upset by the Niners. But still, you know, Henderson's played 60 and 75% of snaps, and there's plenty of hope that the Rams can get their offense going, coming off the bye, integrating Odell Beckham a little bit, uh, hopefully Matthew Stafford uh, getting a little bit more comfortable. And really, you know, they get Seattle and Minnesota to kick off the fantasy playoffs. So again, another fantasy friendly schedule that I'm targeting down the stretch here. Certainly Uh, on the Packers side, AJ Dillon saw plenty of passing work remains a back end running back one for another week. As we wait for Jones to heal Um, MVS had a nice big day, but we've seen this before with him. I I don't think Ramsey can keep up with Devontae Adams, even if he does lock onto him. Uh, So I would not shy away from Adams at all. Yeah. um, But you know, you're not uh, going back to MVS, right? Like he scored the touchdown against the Vikings. Um, Never. And honestly, like Green Bay should have won that game. We're not for the the dropped interception. I mean, as soon as Cousins got the ball, my first reaction was he's going to throw a pick. It just, (laughs) but uh, you know, they pulled it out and credit to them. But uh, I do not think that the Packers luck will hold out. I do think Beckham's going to be more integrated into the Rams offense. I do think Von Miller's going to be a little bit more rested, excuse me, rested coming off the bye. And I do think this is a potential get right game for the Rams, even on the road. Yeah. Call me crazy. I think Woods was the cog, even though cup had all the catches. I think Woods is the cog that made this team work. And I think the integration of Odell Beckham is going to spell the end for this Rams team. Unfortunately, give me the Packers. And it, it very, it pains me very much to say it. Ooh, see, I don't, I don't know. I, I think in general, the Packers defense has just been overrated. Uh, I mean, they really haven't played, you know, that many high caliber teams this year. Um, and I, I do think that Sean McVay uh, take, took some time over the bye week to, uh, you know, craft up some new some new plays. So, like I said, give me the Rams. We'll see. Odell Beckham has dismantled two cities. Make it three. All right. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Minnesota at San Francisco. Nice win for Minnesota over Green Bay. Nice pick there, Monk. Uh, It was a nice, close, and exciting game, despite San Fran's dominance over Jacksonville. The Minnesota offense should be fine. Cook, Jefferson, Thielen all remain with high upside. Conklin gives you another week of fair enough tight end floor. Probably can be starting for you. Yeah, not not a whole lot to say here. Um, You know, and, you know, Cousins is pretty much an automatic start. He's been a top 12 guy pretty much all year. Uh, the the Niners secondary certainly doesn't scare you. Nope. Um, And for the Niners, Debo is getting heavy, heavy work in the run game lately. Apparently Uh, whatever he's doing, he's producing, you know, we saw the reception totals down a little, still they're great for you. He and Kittle aren't leaving your lineup at all. Jeff Wilson saw the majority of the carries uh, this week, but Sermon was worked in it as well. 
Um, Brandon Ayuk actually led the team in targets, yards, and scored touchdown receiving. He's been seeing more and more work. I think he's very firmly in the flex consideration this week. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing, you know, average 90% of the snaps on offense yeah. over the last four games, seeing a healthy 24% target share. Ayuk has seemingly uh, climbed his way out of the doghouse. Yep. Shanahan went out of his way to talk about Ayuk and how, you know, he's uh, he didn't shrink away from criticism and adversity, and he's really, you know, worked hard. So, yeah, it does sound like he's back in the good graces and back in the good graces of fantasy teams who need him at the flex. San Francisco's a team that's coming on lately. Uh, I'm going to take them here. Uh, the Minnesota defense, I think, is going to have a tough time stopping all the different uh, attack plans that uh, that Shanahan can throw at him. Yeah, I mean, these are both teams that can look really good, um, but then, you know, make boneheaded mistakes, yep. <laughs> especially Garoppolo. So wouldn't shock me if they drop this game, but I will lean the home team Niners. That'll take us into Sunday night football, Cleveland at Baltimore. Baker Mayfield has definitely struggled. He needs to get healthier if the Browns want to make any noise in the second half of the season uh, with that leg, the arm, the head. Uh, with Peoples-Jones out, Landry led in targets, but was only valuable because of his rushing touchdown. Nick Chubb was great while Dearness Johnson took a backseat. Chubb's the best play on this team, of course. I think Johnson still has some flex upside, though I think I'd, I'd want to avoid it right now and wait to see it happen on the field before putting him in my lineup. Yeah, it's it's really just Chubb on this team. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see if Kareem Hunt can practice at all, but it doesn't sound that optimistic from just yet. Um, Jarvis Landry, he is expected to play, but he you know aggravated that knee injury, was in and out of the game against Detroit, so I, I don't love him. Um, haven't seen much out of any of the other wide receivers consistently. This It's really just Chubb. I, I don't want any other part of the Browns for fantasy as of right now. All right. And Baltimore almost lost to the Bears without their quarterback and top wide receiver option, but eked out the win late. Uh, Jackson, Brown, and Andrews should all be fine here. We were waiting for the emergence of Rashad Bateman. Could happen this week, though. Cleveland does uh, is a bit of a tough defense. The running back situation remains a mess. Uh, Freeman led the backfield and carries, though I think Murray did lead in snaps. This was Murray's first team back in a while, first game back in a while. So I, I do expect Murray to reclaim the, the charge of the backfield, but. Um, yeah, I just think there's a capped upside for them this week. Yeah, I, I will say, I, I think it's still Freeman over Murray for me this week. Uh, maybe All Murray right. re regains that lead role, but uh, until I see it, I'm going to roll with Freeman, who is also catching more passes. I do think that keeps him um, with a safer floor in PPR in general, even if Murray does start seeing more work on the ground again. And then, you know, wait and see on Marquise Brown. He's a name that I'm I'm looking at closely this week because... Late last week, we we still didn't really know what this thigh injury was, but then there are a couple of beat reports that were saying it could be a hamstring. And that scares me for a guy who relies yeah. on speed like Marquise Brown. And they play on Sunday night with three games. That's six teams playing on Thursday. So that's really mm. going to limit your options if you're waiting on a guy like Brown. Um, I, I don't know if you feel strongly about this, Los, but personally, I'm going to go with the assumption that Brown is either going to be out or not particularly effective because the hamstring reports scare me a little bit. I think that's a fair thought. Now I, I have not looked at what are Bateman's um, ownership numbers because if Brown is out, would he be uh, an option to just slot in, in that, in that, in that place? 
Yeah, and I think that's doable. You know, he didn't produce much with um, Tyler Huntley, but of course we didn't expect a whole lot with Huntley from the passing right. game. But I'm talking more so, you know, if, you, if you're if you debating between, let's say, Marquise Brown and Darnell Mooney, who plays on Thursday, like what are you doing there? As the, t- as the team sits right now, I would, I would play Mooney just because he's a very good option this week. Yeah, okay. I, I would do that. What, what if you happen to have Marquise Brown and Michael Gallup? Yeah, I do Gallup also. I, yeah, I agree with you. Both are very good plays. Okay. Yeah, I think those are, are definite locks for me. Uh, it gets a little murky if you're, if you're you know, rolling the dice on a guy like Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley. Um, yeah, I would not do that. Yeah, I, I think that's a situation where I would start them if Bateman is not available in your league. Yeah, sense. I mean, if that's if that option's not there, sure, that changes things. Yeah, if you don't have that backup option, again, I'm. It's hard because we're recording on Monday, but as of right, right now, I do not feel that optimistic about Marquise Brown. That's what I'll say. Yeah, it's not certainly not a bad thought. Um, that will certainly complicate the game for Baltimore, but I am going to take the Ravens here. Yeah, I mean, they have issues. Uh, I mean, both teams are dealing with a ton of injuries. <laughs> Clearly, right? there's more issues right now. Um, but I, like I said, assuming that Lamar Jackson is over his non-COVID illness, I am going right. to lean Baltimore at home. All right, Monday night football, Seattle Seahawks at Washington. Russell Wilson is is just not right right now. Uh, hopefully, the extra day is going to make the difference. He, he has to be embarrassed by the lost Arizona without Arizona's top three offensive playmakers on the team. Um, Russ definitely looked better this past week than the week prior. Um, I wouldn't shy away from the two wide receivers here. I am hopeful that Russ is going to be fine. If you have better options, if you've got Cam Newton sitting there by any way, I'd certainly throw him out there over Russ Wilson. But if push comes to shove and you absolutely have to play him, he's he's a high-end quarterback too, essentially. Uh, The running game continues to fail to be effective. Collins is the best of the bunch, but is a very low-end flux. Riddle me this, Los. Sure. Would you rather start Russell Wilson or, on the other side, Taylor Heineke this week in fantasy? I still think I take Wilson over Heineke. I know, I know Heineke's your guy. I, I think it's Heineke for me. Um, you know, the Seahawks are dealing with injuries at cornerback. They lost both of their top corners against Arizona. I mean, they let, they let Colt McCoy look like Tom Brady against them. You're right. right. They, You're he right. just sliced them up. Um, we know Heineke can run a little bit too. And, I just, I don't trust Russell Wilson until, until we see him do it for a game. And maybe, maybe it is this week against a Washington defense that's still struggling, um, even though they've looked better in the, in recent weeks, but I just, I can't do it. I don't, I don't trust it. Yeah. I I mean, I don't like it enough to make a bet out of it. That's for sure. Fair enough. Uh, I would. Okay. I think I would play Terod Taylor over Russell Wilson this week. Yeah, I know that's pure sacrilege. I uh, I understand that. I think I have it Heineke over both of those guys. Yeah, but Um, I think you, I mean, you're contractually obligated to say that anyways. (laughs) I am. I am a big Heineke fan, uh, so (laughs) I I might be a little bit biased here. I, I do think he's shown enough to be, you know, a competent NFL quarterback, not like a superstar, but. Yep. Yeah. And until next, uh, next season rolls around, he certainly is. 
Yeah, I mean, he's the guy I'm buying in Superflex Dynasty Leagues because nobody still believes in them. Fair enough. I mean, if you can get a quarterback for absolutely nothing, that's the cheapest you're ever going to pay for him. That's, I mean, a moronic statement, obviously, but the chances there that he's a, an NFL starter for the next three years, and, and that's hugely valuable no matter what your super flex setup is. Yeah, and then I think that just means, you know, based on how high I am on Heineke this week, I think that means I'm starting Gibson and, uh, you know, my guy, Terry McLaurin. There you go. Uh, another week with Washington staying firmly in the game. Uh, we saw Gibson continue to dominate touches here. He remains a running back two for me here. Um, I, the the big time playmakers on Seattle worry me. They're just they're very very good. Um, if they if that does happen, we will get a helping of JD McKissick. But I think this is another week to avoid McKissick and wait and see what happens. Uh, if Logan Thomas is healthy, I think you put him in without question. Yeah, and I think that's another reason I'm really high on Heineke this week, right? Sure. Because it sounds like the early report is Washington expects Thomas to be back this week. Um, and number two, it sounds like Curtis Samuel could potentially be back this week as well. Um, we haven't seen much of him this year, been battling that groin issue all season. But I, I mean, this is just look at all these weapons that Heineke could suddenly have against the Seahawks secondary that's dealing with a lot of injuries. It's rare that this happens, but you've swayed me and I am taking the Washington uh, football team over Seattle this week, but not that I have much faith in the team, but uh, yeah, Wilson worries me. This feels like a tie in prime time, you know, Russell Wilson yeah. struggling, but good enough to keep him in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I wonder what the odds are to bet on this game ending in a tie. Um, yeah, Let's I, I'm see. do take... I see any updated anything? Uh, no, I don't think you can. Bet no, that. I don't think they let you bet on ties. Do they? No, I mean, yeah, it depends on who you who you uh, who you got, but um, that's fair. Well, most books generally, because the the odds are so big that there's no reason for them to take on the liability. I think. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, barring a crazy tie, although if it happens, I, I swear I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to really victory lap on the next show. If, if yes. it does, end I'll, in a tie. I'll give you another point. If, if you get two points, if it's a tie fair. <laughs> All right. And you heard it here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, barring that, I, I will lean Washington here. It's crazy, right? The Seahawks just don't look good. Well, when your quarterback can't extend his finger, I mean, it's not going to, it's not going to turn out well. Yeah. But I mean, in general, the offense just looks disjointed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Agreed there, but yeah. uh long time coming for this team. And I, I think, uh, I think we're going to see a big time new look Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks next year. I don't know if that means Russell Wilson leaving or Pete Carroll leaving or both leaving, but I do expect a big shakeup in that organization. Yeah. And my, my joke went over your head, by the way. What'd you say? Said so the offense looks disjointed. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Oh my goodness. I'm smiling so much right now. That's, that's very good monk. Thank you. Wow. I like that. Not good enough to laugh, but like good enough where it's like, Oh, that's really clever and really sweet. Yeah. A little smile. Yeah. There there's, there's two teams on the buy this week. Uh, Kansas city. Uh, you know who your chiefs are. Mahomes, Edwards, Alaire, Hill, Kelsey, right. Uh, and Arizona's on a buy. Kyler Murray, uh, though he was probably on a buy regardless. James Connor, Chase Edmonds, hopefully he can get back soon. Deandre Hopkins. We want him back soon. Kirk green, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, who was on fire this past week, two touchdowns for Zach Ertz. Come on career resurgence. This guy. Yeah, I will say, you know, while we're on the, the two by teams, um, 
two questions for you uh, yep. that will impact fantasy teams for the rest of the season, right? So I think it's worth talking about. Sure. One, uh, what are you doing with Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Buy, sell, hold? And then same with Zach Ertz. I don't think you can buy Edwards-Alaire. Um, but if somebody was really out on him, I would take him, absolutely. Uh, Ertz, I don't believe in long-term. I mean, you're going to have Hopkins back. Um, we have not seen... T- like Kyler Murray had Dan Arnold, who we would connect with earlier in the season. I, I just don't see Ertz being the answer for this offense, really. I, I think it was more of a desperation, two touchdowns for Ertz. I, I still don't think he's, I, I, I don't know. I lost faith in him last year. May call that. Maybe that's my fault. Yeah, I think Ertz will be fine. He's going to be a touchdown dependent tight end rest of the way. But as yeah, you sure. said, I, I, yeah, he's not elite, but in the tight end landscape, I agree with you. He's fine. Yeah, but, you know, to your point, I agree that he's a sell if you can get, like, top five-ish prices because, one, totally. as you said, Hopkins will be back to take away some of that target share. Um, and, two, we know that Colt McCoy's been checking it down quite a bit versus yeah. Murray, who really likes to scramble around and then chuck it deep. So that those are the main reasons where I don't think that Ertz can keep this up. Perfect. All right, on the COVID front, of course, we've got Amari Cooper. Uh, it's reported he is unvaccinated, so he is already ruled out for Thursday's game. There's no questioning. Um, he should be back, though, in week 13, as long as his symptoms have subsided, subsided by then. And for the rest of the injury news, that'll take us into quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson with the non-COVID illness, he's probable. He missed Sunday's game versus Chicago with illness. Hopefully the extra few days are going to be enough for him to return. However, with three games on Thursday this week, Baltimore not playing until Sunday night, this is a situation worth monitoring over the next few days with backup options they're playing before Baltimore. Uh, Justin Fields is doubtful with the rib injury. It doesn't sound too serious as of right now, but with Chicago playing Detroit on Thursday this week and Andy Dalton almost getting the win, uh, over Baltimore, it's unlikely that Fields is going to start on Thanksgiving. Aaron Rodgers is probable with a toe injury. Rodgers is playing through a toe injury similar to the one Mahomes played through last season. Rodgers is likely going to need surgery after the season's over, but there's no risk of him missing games as of right now. Kyler Murray on bye. He has an ankle sprain. Arizona's been very cautious with Murray to not rush him back with the playoffs in mind as their goal. Uh, he should be back after the bye, though, in week 13 at Chicago. Jared Goff with the oblique strain is questionable. He could be back for Thursday's game. Keep an eye on his status over the next couple days. And Zach Wilson questionable with a PCL strain. He's got a chance to return this week. Uh, you weren't starting Wilson anyway in one quarterback formats, but the passing offense actually looked far more competent with the experienced Joe Flacco versus Miami. Uh, Wilson's return would likely mean more iffy production for the wide receivers. At the running back position, we've got Elijah Mitchell with that finger fracture, had the surgery on it, and he is questionable. Mitchell was un- unable to go against Jacksonville, so we'll see if he's able to get some practice by late this week. Uh, it sounds like he can probably carry the ball, but the concern is pass protection and catching the ball, so monitor his status over the next few days. Michael Carter with that high ankle sprain is expected to miss about two to three weeks, so that's going to mean... More work for Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman in the meantime. Ezekiel Elliott, we talked about with the bone bruise. He is probable. Again, he was in and out of that loss to Kansas City with Pollard seeing quite a bit of work, but he is expected to play, although it's worth noting this injury just because Elliott could continue seeing a slightly lower workload as he plays through this. Rashad Penny with a hamstring strain. He's questionable. You weren't starting Penny anyway outside of deep leagues, but if he does miss time, That could consolidate the touches a little bit more to Alex Collins and DJ Dallas. 
Jordan Howard with the knee sprain. He is doubtful. Uh, he's not expected to miss more than a game or two, but again, uh, like Penny, this could consolidate the workload a little bit more for Miles Sanders and Boston Scott against the Giants who've struggled to stop the run this year. Jerry Mc Jeremy McNichols with the concussion, he's questionable. Another guy you weren't starting, but again, depending on if he's back, this could make the Titans' backfield even more of a mess than it already is, so worth monitoring for that reason. Aaron Jones with an MCL sprain, he is doubtful. With Green Bay's bye coming next week, it's very much likely that Jones is going to sit and get back to 100% in Week 14 against the Bears. Alvin Kamara with a similar MCL sprain. He is questionable. Tried to practice last week and was not able to go. Check on his status over the next few days, but it sounds like he could miss another game uh, with a designated did not participate in the walkthrough on Monday. Cordero Patterson with that mild high ankle sprain. He is questionable. We'll see if Patterson's able to get any work in at practice over the next couple days, but again, monitor him over the next couple days. Kareem Hunt with calf injury. He's been on IR and is eligible to return, but he's another guy that we'll need to see get some practice in first. Chase Edmonds with a high ankle sprain. He's on IR, eligible to return in week 14, but he's a potential sell candidate given how good James Conner has been playing in his stead. There's a chance that Conner could see more touches over Edmonds even once he returns. Chris Carson with the neck condition. He is now out for the year. Uh, he's going to have season-ending neck surgery and uh, officially droppable in all redraft formats if you missed that bit of news late last week. And finally, Los, I want to talk to you about Derrick Henry. Um, he's rehabbing from the foot surgery on IR. He's still rostered in 85% of ESPN leagues and 86% of Yahoo leagues. Now, the reports came out last week that Tennessee is optimistic that Derrick Henry could return in early January, but this sounds like more like they're hoping to have him back for the NFL playoffs. Um, there is a chance that he could be back for week 17, the fantasy championship week. But I would think that even if he's active, it's it's hard to trust his workload in his first game back. And if you've made it to the fantasy title game, I would think you have some pretty good running back and wide receiver options. I just don't see any teams really, you know, relying on him in week 17, even if he somehow is back and active. And it sounds like the odds are against now, my recommendation is even if you're using an IR spot on him, you can probably use that on someone who's more likely to help you down the stretch. Like if Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley were dropped, take a shot on them. Um, even like Sterling Shepard or Will Fuller, some guys who could uh, be useful down the stretch. Do you think he has a chance to really come back in week 17, Los? That's tough. I mean, Derrick Henry thrives in the wintertime. Uh, we've seen these super athletes come back like Adrian Peterson come back after major, major, you know, surgery and be just absolutely dominant. That's really, really hard to say because, um, geez, if Tennessee has a stranglehold on the division and don't need him, which I think they might be the case because of their late season schedule. I think they, I, I don't see them playing. I mean, if they, if it's close, I do think they would use him. I think they would use him heavily. I don't think they would shy away from it, but, um, well, I mean, geez. the other thing too, is they want to lock up that one seed and get a buy, right? Ideally. Right. And you know, you and I both project them to lose to new England this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's possible that they could drop out of that one spot, depending on what happens here. 
Yeah. Um, so it's tough. I, I think it depends on your roster, right? If you've got just lights out wide receivers, like you lucked into, you drafted Tyree Kill in the second round um, after taking Derrick Henry at the turn, something like that. Um, Cooper Cup, right? You grabbed him in the fourth round, and then you managed to snag uh, a Mike Williams or something. So you're you're just not ever going to use Fuller or Shepard. Then yeah, mm-hmm. maybe hold on to Derrick Henry. But I mean, if you need wins now, like I don't think you're holding on to him and just on the outside shot that he's back in week 17, though. Yeah. If you're a team on the brink, you need, you need to, you need to go after You need to try and get wins now. Absolutely. Yeah. So situationally dependent, but I just want to bring up because we haven't talked about him in a while and he is still rostered in a ton of leagues. And I, I was just shocked by the sheer you know, high percentage. It's hard to drop your first round pick no matter what happens, right? Fair enough. Yeah. It's hard, just the emotional toll it takes. All right, speaking of emotional tolls, at wide receiver, we have A.J. Brown, chest injury questionable. The x-rays were negative for broken ribs, which is a good sign, but Brown is still undergoing more tests, so stay tuned. C.D. Lamb, doubtful with a concussion. With just four days to pass concussion protocol, it's very unlikely that he's going to play on Thanksgiving. He has a fair chance to return week 13 at New Orleans. Marquise Brown, hamstring strain is doubtful. Hamstring injuries are very tricky, especially for uh, speedsters like Hollywood Brown monitor his practice status over the next few days with Baltimore not playing until Sunday night. Fantasy GMs are going to need to make some tough calls on wide receivers or flex options playing on Thursday or earlier on Sunday. Uh, But we recommend airing on the side of caution and playing your backup options this week early, as long as they're solid enough. Allen Robinson's doubtful with a hamstring strain like Brown. Robinson is unlikely to be ready this week. However, unlike Brown, we'll know early Robinson plays Thursday. So keep an eye on his status just in case. Marcus Johnson hamstring injury is doubtful. Johnson is now the second Tennessee wide receiver to have started the season with a hamstring injury return and then aggravate that injury a few games later. Expect him to miss multiple weeks like Julio Jones. Jarvis Landry probable with a knee injury. Landry seems to have aggravated his knee sprain that kept him out four weeks earlier in the season. He's expected to play through it, but it's best to avoid all Cleveland wide receivers for now. DeAndre Hopkins on a bye. He's on. A, he's got a hamstring strain. He, uh, Murray's expected back after the bye, but Hopkins still wasn't practicing at all last week. Uh, we've seen other wide receivers like Julio Jones come back from hamstring injuries too soon, only to re-injure themselves. So we'll see if Hopkins is able to get some work coming in out of the bye. Uh, Arizona definitely has their eye on the postseason more so than the regular season. Antonio Brown ankle injury questionable. It sounds like Brown is getting there, but he may need another week or two monitor his status over the next few days. Will Fuller on IR with a broken finger. He's eligible to return. So keep an eye on his status. Devonte Parker hamstring strain is on IR. He's also eligible to return. So we'll see if he see if he starts practicing this week, Julio Jones hamstring injury on the IR. He's eligible to return week 14 and Jamal Agnew on the IR with the hip injury. The injury looked severe. Uh, he, he's likely going to miss three or four weeks and there's a chance his, this could end his season altogether. Yeah, real quick, before we get to the tight ends, are you watching this game right now? Los? I, I actually turned away from it. I'm sorry. Oh, looks like the Patriots are doing all right. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to say that Brady literally just did like a Patrick Mahomes, like scramble outside the pocket, but it looked nice. like in slow motion and it, it just, <laughs> I I don't think I've seen him scramble like that in, I I can't even remember the last time, but I thought it was, it was very funny to me. Um, all right. The tight end injuries here. We've got Adam Troutman with that MCL sprain came out earlier today. Unfortunately, he's going to be out for four to six weeks. 
Um, not a must hold in shallow or redraft formats. And then the silver lining on Logan Thomas with the hamstring train. He's been on IR, but it does sound like the early reports are that Washington expects him back this week. So just double check his practice participation. But barring a setback, he should be good to go against Seattle for Monday night. All right. With the injuries, that leads into our waiver wire ads, of course. Uh, at quarterback, Cam Newton, um, you know, hit that ad button. With Aaron Rodgers facing a tough Rams defense, playing through a toe injury, Lamar Jackson questionable with an illness and likely without Marquise Brown, Dick Prescott missing his top two receivers, Kyler Murray and Mahomes on by. Cam Newton is a top 10 quarterback this week. We we talked about this a lot uh, a lot today. He's a borderline top five play. Miami is top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks and just allowed nearly 300 yards and two touchdowns to Joe Flacco. Newton threw for two touchdowns, ran in another touchdown versus Washington on Sunday, and he projects for a similar performance this week. Taylor Heineke, don't look now, but Heineke is the QWQ, uh, whoa, is the quarterback 13 so high. I couldn't even say it And fantasy points per game since taking over for Ryan Fitzpatrick in week two, not only that, but Seattle's defense might be without their top two corners heading into this game, having just allowed over 300 passing yards, two touchdowns and 18 rushing yards on six runs to Colt McCoy. Uh, Heineke is a decent streaming option this week with many top quarterbacks, suddenly not must starts anymore Terod Taylor. Don't expect another two rushing touchdowns from Taylor. But Houston looked like a competent team in their upset of Tennessee, and the Jets have allowed multiple touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks in every game dating back to week five. If you need quarterback help, you could do worse. Taylor has shown some rushing upside as well. Matt Ryan, yuck, I get it. It's Matt Ryan. Ryan has scored fewer than 10 fantasy points in three of his last five games and might not have Cordero Patterson for another week. That said, this Jacksonville defense has been up and down, having just allowed multiple touchdowns to Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday and the same to Geno Smith a few weeks back. If you're desperate, Ryan is a risk reward option. Atlanta versus Jacksonville could be low scoring. could be a low scoring slugfest, but there is a remote possibility of a high scoring game between two just awful defenses. And at running back, we've got Devonte Freeman, who even with Latavius Murray back was the one a in Baltimore's backfield. He's a back in RB two for now with some upside considering his goal line role as well as pass casting usage. Dontrell Hilliard and Jeremy McNichols. It's still a very messy committee backfield in Tennessee, but Hilliard surprisingly took on the receiving role and led the team with 10 targets when trailing the Houston all game. The game to New England is another one that we expect the Titans to be trailing in, so he could again see a lot of receptions, especially if Tennessee is missing A.J. Brown on top of Julio Jones and Marcus Johnson in this one. However, Hilliard obviously becomes a much less enticing play if McNichols is back without knowing how the touches are going to be split up between the Titans running backs. Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. With Carter expected to miss a few weeks, Coleman is likely to see more carries and Johnson more targets. However, much depends on who is starting at quarterback for the Jets, as Flacco didn't check down to the running backs nearly as much as Mike White or Zach Wilson. Jeff Wilson Jr., If Mitchell were to miss another week with the finger injury, Wilson Jr. would project for the most touches against a Vikings defense that's top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs, although it does seem like Debo Samuel could again take away some valuable red zone touches out of the backfield. Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Sanders is rostered in most leagues, but he's out there in quite a few. 
Kenny Gainwell was a healthy scratch yet again against New Orleans, and although Gainwell might be active with Howard likely out this week, Sanders and Scott seem to be the preferred backs in Philadelphia. Sanders should be prioritized, of course, but Scott is a desperation RB4 play, with the Eagles going back to their run game in recent weeks. DJ Dallas and Alex Collins, if you're desperate, the Seahawks offense is stuck in neutral right now. But with Rashad Penny dealing with a hamstring injury and Chris Carson out for the year, Collins becomes a touchdown-dependent flex, and Dallas has some upside in PBR formats as the preferred receiving back. It's pretty slim pickings at running back right now. Uh, If you're confident in your team securing a playoff berth, it might be more beneficial to roster an elite backup like Tony Pollard or Alexander Madison. They're out there in quite a few leagues rather than burning a roster spot on some of these running backs that you're probably never, ever going to start. And then some other notable stashes uh, include Ramondre Stevenson and Daryl Williams. If they were dropped the last week or so uh, with Damian Harris and CEH back. And then guys that people may have forgotten about earlier in the year, we saw Samaje P. Ryan when Joe Mixon was out, Sony Michelle when Daryl Henderson was out, Devontae Booker when Saquon Barkley was out, Khalil Herbert when David Montgomery was out, and Chuba Hubbard when Christian McCaffrey was out. And hopefully these guys will stay healthy for the back half of the year, but you just never know. Yeah, it's handcuff season. Uh, now's the time to uh, to shore up your roster, that's for sure. For As for wide receiver uh, free agent ads, Darnell Mooney. Mooney led the Bears with an astounding 16 targets versus Baltimore with Allen Robinson out. And he should see a ton of volume again versus an awful uh, Detroit secondary on Thanksgiving with Robinson presumably missing another week. He's a borderline top 15 wide receiver this week. Elijah Moore, we've known the talent is there with Moore, and I've recommended adding him for a few weeks now. The biggest question is who will start a quarterback for the Jets this week? Moore's best bet might actually be the deep-slinging Joe Flacco, but Zach Wilson could be back from his knee injury this week, making all the Jets receivers riskier plays. Still, as we said, Moore has immense upside, seems to have won the number one wide receiver role in New York. Rashad Bateman. Bateman didn't produce much with Tyler Huntley under center, but he could be better if Lamar Jackson's back this week and if Brown is still sidelined with a hamstring injury. Rondell Moore. Moore and Ertz were the beneficiaries of high target volume with Hopkins sidelined for another game and McCoy eager to check the ball down at first sign of pressure. Moore is a high upside rest of season ad considering his yak ability, but if Murray and Hopkins are both back after the bye, his usage could go back to being limited. Michael Gallup. Gallup is a one-week rental with Cooper and Lamb expected back for week 13, but he should see a ton of targets on Thursday. Even if in a tough matchup versus the Raiders, he is he has a fairly safe PPR floor and a high ceiling, as he and Prescott barely missed connecting on a couple of big downfield plays versus Kansas City. Brandon Ayuk. No one really knows what Kyle Shanahan's thinking, but Debo Samuel saw a ton of work in the backfield with Mitchell out versus Jacksonville, leaving Ayuk the bulk of the downfield targets. We know the talents there with Ayuk, and he's averaging over 90% of the snaps and a 24% target share over the last four weeks. LaVisca Chenault. Chenault saw a ton of slot usage with Agnew out with the hip injury, and he could be a leading target going forward in Jacksonville with Agnew out multiple weeks, maybe the rest of the season. Chenault was a preseason darling who was overhyped and dropped, but his upside is as high as ever now, and he's worth a stash for teams in need of wide receiver help. And Robbie Anderson, if you're desperate, Anderson saw just one fewer target than DJ Moore versus Washington, and Miami is prone to allowing big downfield plays to Washington, or to wide receivers, sorry. The, the Dolphins gave up the third most fantasy points to opposing receivers, including touchdowns to both Elijah Moore and Jamison Crowder the past week. Anderson is a boomer bust wide receiver four, but has a decent shot at a long touchdown this week. 
in it tight end we've got quite a few options we've talked about so we excuse me we've talked about dawson knox and pat Fryermuth at length over the last few weeks these are guys that should be rostered and still out there in quite a few leagues Fryermuth in particular logan thomas we've been talked about as well who's been dropped in a lot of leagues when he was on ir it does sound like he will return this week and should slot back into that number two target behind terry mclaurin Evan Ingram, uh, the Eagles defense allows the second most fantasy points to opposing tight ends with nine touchdowns to tight ends through 11 weeks. As long as Ingram doesn't suffer any injuries tonight against Tampa Bay, he should be a top streaming option at the position. Austin Hooper, he's been a primary target for Mayfield with Beckham traded to LA. And now Jarvis Landry is going to be playing through a knee injury. Hooper could actually lead Cleveland in targets and receptions this week against the Ravens defense that's played soft over the middle to opposing tight ends. Juwan Johnson in deeper leagues. Johnson is worth a stash with Troutman out for four to six weeks. If Trevor Simeon remains the starter in New Orleans, Johnson could step into that Troutman target share in the starting tight end role, which has averaged seven targets per game over the last four weeks. And, of course, a few DST stream options. Uh, Chicago, even with Khalil Mack done for the year, Chicago kept it close versus Baltimore. They they likely get Tim Doyle on uh, or Tim Boyle on Thanksgiving. Goff's back up through for 77 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions versus Cleveland on Sunday. And in college, uh, Boyle threw 12 touchdowns to 26 interceptions. Uh, that's about all you need to know to start Chicago's defense with confidence. Houston, we recommended Houston last week with their uh, defense starting to come alive, and they upset the top-seeded Titans. The Texans now have six sacks and eight turnovers over the last two games. Some of that was due to the weather in Tennessee on Sunday, but still, they should be a fine matchup play versus the Jets, especially if the rookie Zach Wilson is going to start in his first game back from the knee sprain. Dallas. Micah Parsons is making a case for defensive rookie of the year. And even in an ugly loss to Kansas city where Dallas couldn't get anything going on offense, the Cowboys recorded their third straight game with multiple sacks. They should get after Derek Carr, who's been struggling lately after hearts hot start and Carolina, even with the loss to Washington, Carolina's defense has multiple sacks in each of their last five games. And is now forced to turn over in three straight games. They are worth a look versus a porous Miami offensive line. Yeah, and uh, these are the weeks that matter, right, Los? When you're making a push yeah. for the playoffs, uh, we know your running backs are probably hurt or underperforming. Uh, we know uh, we've all lost some key impact players to injuries this year, probably. And uh, it's just about, uh, you know, coming out on top no matter what. Keep working that waiver wire. Guys like Devontae Freeman, uh, guys like... Uh, <laughs> Boston Scott, who you would never think of starting in week one, uh, could right. end up giving you a, a much needed win. Um, again, there's value and production to be had in these names that we really didn't care about a few weeks back, but uh, whatever it takes to get a W, right? These are the dog days of the season. These are this, especially holiday weeks are the times where a lot of players stop paying attention for a little bit, take their, take their uh, foot off the accelerator. Now's the time to press even harder. Yeah, but uh, all that being said, whether you win or lose this week, we hope you have a happy Thanksgiving with friends and or family. And as always, if you guys have more specific questions regarding your team or league, we're happy to reply on Twitter. I will try to check my phone uh, when I can on Thanksgiving if there are some fantasy questions, but uh, you know, try to get them in early before I start uh, eating and whatnot. You can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. 
And I'm at FFA underscore LOS. That's L-O-S. And you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any, any so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. Experience all the creamy goodness that is a McCafe iced coffee. Try flavors like caramel, French vanilla, and sugar-free French vanilla. Now, get any size for only $169. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.